the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by the Federation for American Immigration Reform and George Rodriguez on 930 AM, The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, 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 my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on this Saturday, November the 5th, 2022. Welcome to the show, my friends. We've got uh, a packed one, as usual. And uh, again, let me begin by first telling you that our show will, uh, the contract on our show is going to end on December the 31st. So we are still looking for advertisers. We're looking for donors, tax-free donations. Uh, advertisers for our show, you can advertise on our program. And um, to find out more about that, please contact our, our station, KLUP. And uh, you can get all the information, or you can contact me, send me a note on Facebook or uh, email. Uh, and uh, I will be happy to hook you up with whoever you wish uh, to be an advertiser on our show. The other thing that we are looking for are donors. Donors, tax-free donations, my friends, tax-free donations. If you are interested in providing a tax-free donation, you can contact, you can send it to um, He's Alive Ministries at 6430 Green Apple here in San Antonio, 78233. Let me repeat that again. Tax-free donations can be sent. Tax-deductible donations, should I say can be sent to He's Alive Ministries at 6430 Green Apple, San Antonio, Texas, 78233. All you have to do is just send it to that address and note for El Conservador, and uh, we will appreciate it tremendously. Tax-free or or tax-deductible, should I say, uh, donations. So... Let me tell you real quick who we have on the show, my friends, and then we're going to jump into it. Um, we've got uh, Miss Laura. First of all, our first guest is, is Mr. Adam Blanchard. I don't know if you've seen it, my friends, but everybody's talking about it all. Well, all, most of the news, the good news, uh, the, the conservative news is talking about the impending uh, shortage of diesel fuel, my friends. This is going to be a, an absolute catastrophe if it happens. No diesel fuel means trucks are not going to run, means uh, that machines are going to not be able to function. Uh, big machines are not going to be able to function. My friends, it's going to bring our, co- our economy to the knee, to its knees even more so. And again, this is all a result, my friends, of the Green Plan. This is all a result of these crazed liberals and leftists trying to save the planet at the expense of our economy. So... Uh, Adam Blanchard's going to talk to us about uh, this, uh, uh, this, this terrible situation with, with petroleum, uh, the petroleum, this shortage of diesel fuel, my friends. It is an absolute disaster looming. Uh, uh, you know, the trucks are going to stop running. And when that happens, my friends, things at your table are going to start disappearing in time for Thanksgiving, by the way. Um, then we have uh, Mr. We have Sheriff Brad Coe from Kenny County. Sheriff Coe is going to be talking to us about uh, a um, a major lawsuit that the sheriffs' association, the Border Sheriffs' Association, as well as other sheriffs, have joined in uh, against Mayorkas because uh, the lawsuit clearly wants Mayorkas to do something. Uh, the Homeland Security uh, Secretary to do something about the border, and he's not, and they are suing him for for that. So you'll hear from Brad Coe about that. Then uh, our third guest is Miss Laura Allen. She is a resident housewife rancher uh, in Valverde County, which is Del Rio, uh, Eagle Pass. That area, my friends, is the hardest hit or is being the hardest hit in Texas. 
as far as the uh, border crisis. And she's going to be telling us about how her life has changed uh, with this, uh, this border crisis or because of this border crisis. Finally, we have my good friend Mark Morgan, who is the former commissioner for Customs and Border Protection in D.C. under Trump. Uh, Mark uh, wrote a scathing, Mark and my other good friend Tom Holman wrote a scathing, a tremendous editorial uh, talking about the, uh, the need to uh, impeach uh, Mayorkas as soon as the new Congress takes uh, takes effect. Now, my friends, this the, I'm sure that this is sending panic through the ranks of the Democrats in Washington, D.C., particularly the open borders crowd. But Mayorkas has not been doing his job. The border is wide open. Criminals are coming in. Terrorists are coming in. And uh, he just kind of is twiddling his thumbs. And then he's lying to our face, telling us that the border is secure. Incredible. So uh, you'll hear from, uh, from Mark Morgan about this. So, uh, my friends, once again, let me t- ask you, please, we're looking for advertisers for our program, sponsors, supporters for our program, as well as donors, uh, tax-deductible donations. And they can be sent to he, he's, alive, he, he's Alive Ministry at uh, 6430 Green Apple, San Antonio, Texas, 78233. So without further ado, let's go to our first guest. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Adam Blanchard, who is uh, CEO and co-founder of uh, Double Diamond Transport Incorporated here in San Antonio, as well as uh, Tanager uh, Logistics. And uh, he is very, very involved, obviously, in the trucking industry. So I wanted to get him on because over the past few days since uh, last week, late last week, there has been a lot of discussion, my friends, regarding a pending uh, shortage of uh, fuel, of diesel fuel. And, uh, of course, we all know that the trucking industry, as well as uh, uh, other parts of transportation, some of the uh, locomotives as well, uh, use diesel industry, use diesel fuel. So Adam, welcome to the show as usual. What have George, you heard? Thanks for having me on. Oh, anytime, buddy. What have you heard about this whole situation with the diesel fuel shortage? And if it happens, what, uh, what are the consequences? Well, this is an issue that we've been tracking a lot, George, uh, not only me and my company, but, but really the industry as a whole. And, and it's, it's very concerning right now. I mean, we have the, the lowest reserve level of, uh, of diesel fuels since uh, 1951. And so, as you can imagine, when you have uh, more demand than you have supply out there, then, then prices go up. And, you know, diesel fuel, you know, oil and gas, or, you know, natural gas, all, all of these, you know, Either refined products or or crude diesel itself, market, uh, and so uh, as we're seeing a, a greater and greater shortage of, of that here in the U.S., we're seeing prices continue to go up, and, and it's really concerning for us, George, because you know the impact that we're seeing in our industry, the the economic conditions where really spot market rates right now are, are starting to to fall at a pretty rapid rate, and that's occurring at the same time that we're seeing an increase in diesel prices. And so a lot of these small operators, as I've told you and your listeners before, you know, 88% of trucking companies have five or fewer trucks. And so as you see rates go down and diesel prices go up, it's going to start putting a lot of people out of business. And and so it's something we need to take very seriously. And, and we need, you know, strong leadership at the federal level to, to help us continue to, to combat this and, and try to fix the problem as best we can. Now, you're kind of, be, you're, you're being hit with kind of like a double whammy because in the past you've also talked to us about the lack of uh, of uh, truck drivers as well, so now we've got uh, uh, you've got uh, uh, a shortage of truck drivers as well as a shortage of fuel that's more expensive. How does this impact on us uh, at the table at, uh, in in the pharmacy and other places? Well, George, here's what's going to happen: is is you know inflation is going to continue to persist. It's, you know it's things I've talked with you and your listeners about before. I mean, we've got a driver shortage right now. We've got fuel prices going up, and and those costs are are, are pushing people out of business right now. And those costs are ultimately going to get pushed onto the consumer. I mean, you know this diesel 
issue that we're having is is very alarming. I mean, since the pandemic, the refining capacity for diesel in the United States has, has gone down by 2 million barrels per day. And there's really been no major refineries that have been built. I mean, I know there's been a few recently, but the last large refinery uh, for manufacturing diesel and gasoline was in 1977. And so, you know, we have a current presidential administration and, and, a, and a particular party that just wants to demonize the oil and gas industry. You know, they, they want this Green New Deal. Uh, you know, I've talked to you and your listeners previously about, uh, you know, my concerns with them, you know, jamming these electric trucks down our throat. And, and we're seeing the impact of, of large policy shifts like this and the impact it has on the economy. And, you know, they're, they're cutting off their nose to spite their face, in my opinion, George, because if you move this quickly and you demonize an industry that's the bedrock of our economy in the United States, which is the oil and gas industry, um, this is what's going to happen. It's going to start impacting really everything that uh, that you touch every day because you're going to have a lot fewer trucks out there to move it. The uh, you you are very very involved in uh, in your industry um, as uh, as far as uh, organizing and and uh, lobbying in in D.C. Uh, do you seem to be getting any kind of response from this administration on uh, these issues that uh, we're talking about? We have really not had any help from this administration in Washington on any issues, George. In fact, they're, they're making things worse for us. I mean, they, they want to eliminate the independent contractors uh, that are the foundational to our industry. You know, they, they want everybody to, to be driving electric vehicles. They want to demonize the oil and gas industry, which impacts our fuel costs and input costs. And so, you know, fortunately, you know, there are some strong leaders, you know, up in Washington. Um, in the House and the Senate that have supported our industry, but you know, with the current makeup of things up there right now, I just don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. And I, you know, Lord willing, we're going to have a really good outcome uh, in these midterm elections. So hopefully, we can start getting some things passed. But I, I guess until the economic conditions get so bad that that President Biden starts actually talking to industry and industry leaders about how to resolve these things, it's it's just going to continue to crater. Do you think uh, this? I guess the question is because uh, I'm seeing the postings, the the posts on the um, or the comments, should I say, on social media. Do you think this uh, shortage is real? And if it's real, uh, how bad do you think it's going to be? Well, it, it's certainly real, George, and, and I'm sure there's there's some out there that think this is just politicized and, and something that's coming into the midterms, but, but there's just no question that when you have a 20-day a supply of, of diesel left, and it's the lowest since 1951, this isn't some kind of a manufactured, uh, you know, issue that we're, we're seeing out there. And, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into this, George, and a lot of factors that have been the result of failed policy over the years, and I'm, I'm just afraid with this particular issue, you know, there's no magic uh, switch to, to fix this. I mean, we need to support the oil and gas industry. We need to be, you know, producing more oil and gas, you know, inputs for these refineries. We need to be supporting the refineries to grow and expand within the United States so that we can have, you know, enough supply out there that prices will come down. And, and until we do that, I just don't see uh, a fix to it. There, there are some short-term things you can do. For instance, the Jones Act, which uh, is a federal law that impacts the ability to ship uh, things from you know, U.S. port to U.S. port, you know, according, under the Jones Act, you have to have a, a United States ship uh, if you want to go from one U.S. port to another U.S. port. Foreign ships can't do that. And so that's, you know, it's about twice as expensive to transport diesel uh, with a U.S. flagship versus these foreign flagships. And so, you know, the, the administration has the ability to, uh, you know, have a waiver for this in the short term. I think that would be critical so we can get more refined uh, diesels and gasolines from, you know, these Gulf Coast states up to the northeast, which is where you're seeing most of the supply constraints. But it's really a, a more macro level issue that I think is just going to take better folks in office to get done. Gotcha. So uh, before we let you go, then, what uh, what do we as citizens need to do to get this, um, get some action going here regarding this go issue vote. and other things? <laughs> Yeah, I, go vote. I mean, look, we've got an election that's coming up. Uh, we've got to go vote. Get your friends, get your family. I mean, turnouts have, have always been low on in terms of the number of people out there versus those that vote. We have to go vote. Go vote for great people in office, those, those business owners, you know, a Republican Party. We've got an ability to take the House and the Senate up in Congress. 
this this midterm election. We need that now more than ever. And if we don't do that, we're going to continue to see bad policy coming out of Washington and policy that's going to impact not only our industry, but really most of the industries out there that ultimately is going to is, is more dollars out of each of our pockets because we're going to pass those costs on to everybody. And it's just it, it's going to be an outcome that's going to result in continued inflation and issues that uh, that's going to impact all of us in our daily lives. You got it, buddy. Uh, you know, it, it really it really is worrisome that, um, you know, we may be facing some kind of shortage because uh, uh, somebody in, in, in D.C. thinks, you know, we need to protect polar bears more than we need to uh, protect uh, our, our economy. <laughs> well, that's even more frustrating, George, because what what's their solution is, oh, we're going to tax the oil and gas industry more. You know, we're going to demonize them more and, and why would you do that? You're just going to perpetuate an already bad situation. You know, we need to be encouraging more, uh, you know, manufacturing of, of those refining facilities, encouraging our oil and gas industry to continue to produce. I mean, we all want the world to be cleaner at the end of the day, but we can't do it uh, in such an aggressive fashion that it's going to uh, undermine our economy. You got it. Once again, folks, we've been speaking with our good friend, Mr. Adam Blanchard, the co-founder and CEO of Double Diamond Transport. Uh, Inc. and uh, Tanager Logistics. Adam, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us as usual. We appreciate it tremendously, and uh, we'll be more. We'll be in touch with you some more to uh, follow up on this as this um, as this crisis either gets resolved or gets deeper. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on, George. Thanks to all your listeners out there, and I, I look forward to being back on again soon. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got uh, Sheriff Brad Coe, who is the sheriff of Kinney County. Now, Kinney County, for you, the, for those of you who are not familiar with uh, Texas, is uh, southwest of San Antonio. It is on the border uh, near Eagle Pass and Del Rio, where a, where I guess the majority of the illegal aliens are coming in at this point. And um, the sheriff and uh, the county have joined a, uh, a very important lawsuit against the Biden administration regarding the detention of illegal alien criminals. Not just illegal aliens, but illegal alien criminals. So, Sheriff Coe, thank you very much for being with us today. Talk to us. Tell us, first of all, what is this lawsuit that you guys have joined, and why it is Why is it that you joined it? Well, well, it is afternoon now. Good afternoon, George. Um, part of the reason on this lawsuit is traditionally Border Patrol, ICE, and anybody involved with immigration has a program, it's a criminal alien program, where they check with the jails to see if there's anybody that's either A, illegally in the United States, or B, subject to deportation, being incarcerated in the facility. And anybody that's here out of status or illegally or facing deportation, they, once their sentence is complete, they would come in, pick them up, and then uh, take, them, take them back for their deportation or removal back to their home country. Well, since Biden's been in office, that program got canceled. So they're basically telling us that anything that they had a detainer on, unless it met us very, very narrow, narrow guidelines, was to be released to the general public. And that did not sell well with us. So let me make sure that the folks understand that we have that that the program to uh, for for ICE for for immigration to pick up illegal alien criminals from local jails. Uh, so that they can be deported, I hope. Uh, that, deported, removed. Removed, yes. whatever. Uh, that program has been halted by the uh, by the Biden yes. administration? Yes. Oh, my gosh. They will only deport certain individuals for extremely heinous crimes. Used to, they would come in and, and for, you know, aggravated assault or theft or... Uh, unauthorized use for a motor vehicle, take them and, and return to their home country. Now, they tell us just cut them loose on the street. Wow. Now, this on top. This is on top of, um, the folks need to understand that this situation is on top of all of the George Soros DAs that are around the country who are soft on crime anyway. So now we're soft on crime 
for illegal aliens as well. And you know, on a national level, not just on a local level, but on a national level. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, why did you guys join the um, the uh, the lawsuit? What is it? Why did you guys join into it? Well, there, there are certain provisions under uh, immigration law that certain people are considered deportable and should be deported based on their criminal on their criminal past or criminal history or whatever crime they've committed. They just put out a basically a memo, a policy saying we're not going to enforce these laws. And a memo or a uh, policy does not supersede a law. And so they're in violation of the law. And that's what we're trying to bring attention to, that they, they themselves are violating the law. Wow. It, it is, you know, it is really, really insane because um, why do we want to keep illegal aliens who have committed criminal who have uh, committed crimes, why do we want to keep them in our country? Never mind that they committed a crime to enter the country illegally already. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's the whole presence of this, this lawsuit, to get the administration to do the job in which they were voting in office to do. I, I, I just really don't understand what the, um, uh, what the thinking is to allow illegal alien criminals to remain in the country. I mean, never mind... You know, illegal aliens. Period. But illegal alien criminals. Why do we want them in the country? Uh, have you guys in your county seen problems with um, uh, or picked up uh, illegal alien criminals, uh, folks that are coming back in to the country that have committed a crime and are coming are trying to sneak back into the country? We've seen two or three of them. Yeah, uh, if, if those are already used in some type of uh, smuggling endeavor, mm-hmm. and they're just turned back over to border patrol for removal. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, on top of that, you also have uh, illegal aliens that have committed crimes or that commit crimes in your in your jurisdiction, correct? And they're still here. Uh, we have one that's a part of that Dreamer program. Uh, we've run a couple of warrants on narcotics uh, warrants, and she's been there twice. Oh wow! And border patrol and nobody will touch her because she's part of the Dreamer program. And the next county over is having to deal with her because she's currently being held on murder charges. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's... Can things get any worse? I mean, this on top of inflation. <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> Don't it, say it too loud because they'll try to make it worse. Oh, it is, it is really insane. So, uh, you know, I mean, I know that you were in the Border Patrol at one point. I mean, have you ever seen immigration policy so bad as it is at this point? No. Uh, of course, we're, this is the first time this part of the country has been hit this hard. Uh, Del Rio Sector Border Patrol has never had to experience this. We always had to send people to either McAllen or to Arizona, El Paso, California, where the big push was. But now it's a big push from San Diego all the way to Brownsville. Wow. So I've, I've never, ever seen it like this in, in the 30, 37 years I've been here in Kenny County. Wow. Now, the other issue is uh, the human smuggling, uh, well, the drug smuggling, of course, but the human smuggling that uh, where they're enlisting young people, where they're enlisting teenagers. Are you guys seeing any of that? We're seeing the teenagers. Uh, it goes in waves. Uh, there for a while we were seeing a lot of teenagers the uh, district attorney's office and juvie probation was working very good with us and uh, allowing us to incarcerate them until they could bond out uh, then we saw the push of females drivers because we didn't have a place to, to house females now we've found a few places that we can take our females now they're using pregnant females and it's hard it's very hard to find a place to house a pregnant female wow okay so the bottom line to this to this situation the Biden administration is not deporting not removing uh, illegal alien criminals so what is happening to them what should happen to them well they, they should be returned to follow the guidelines set forth in immigration law return to the port of entry and remove them from the country and now they're just being told to, here you go we'll see you later bye and kick down the street oh my gosh insanity why pay attention to the law right oh Oh, yeah. It's just a speed bump. Jeez, it's incredible. Sheriff, thank you very much for taking time to be with us and and give us an update of what's going on. Uh, uh, Real quick, what what are the numbers like in your your area of of illegal alien apprehensions? 
uh, we're through the roof. Uh, so far, just my my guys, my file authors, my six deputies, and a handful of part timers. Uh, we're probably going to clear three thousand illegal alien apprehensions for the year. For the year, three thousand for the for the year. year. Wow. Yeah, and uh, I was telling, I, we were talking the other day, a couple of years ago, uh, we'd catch one or two smuggling loads a month, and we thought we were just doing a bang up job. <laughs> so far this month, uh, we're going to. First time ever, we're going to break 100 smugglers for the month. We're at 92 right now. Oh my gosh! From and from approximately, yeah. Oh my uh, so, gosh! Yeah, so far for the year, we're going. We're I think we're going to break 600 for the year. Good night. Nice. Uh, but uh, and that's that's just the the at any given time. Like I said, I've got two, maybe three. Of course, Galveston's helping immensely. Uh, with them, we'll have three three units out and about, but we're catching three four loads a day. And the question is, what's getting by? If we're catching that many, how many more are getting by us? Exactly. That's exactly right. That's exactly yeah. right. Sheriff, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. Um, please. Oh, any time for you, man. <laughs> I appreciate you everything much. you do, bringing attention to this. Thank you very much. And we're, you know, we're, we're doing our best. But thank you very, very much. Uh, stay safe. And uh, our prayers are always with you and the, and, and the deputies. Well, same here, my friend. We're always praying for you. Thank, Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. And uh, we've got a new guest, Miss Laura Allen who is a resident, literally a resident, on the border. Her ranch uh, borders the river, the Rio Grande. And uh, I wanted to get her on since uh, immigration is a big, hot topic in this election season. I wanted to get her on and uh, chat with her. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Well, thank you for having me, George. Let me begin. Let me let let's begin by just me asking you point blank: How has the border crisis affected your family and, uh, and you, uh, your lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera? How has it affected you guys? Well, you know, George, I, I don't think that there's any aspect of life along the border that that hasn't been changed by what's happening. Um, you know, our health care has changed, our grocery shopping has changed, our eating out has changed, our traveling on the highways have changed. I mean, everything about our lives has changed. Now, do people, are, are people coming onto your property? Uh, have you encountered folks uh, co- coming through your property you know, or even we, maybe even knocking on your door? Um, we don't have people that come to our home. We're very fortunate in that aspect. And, you know, there's people that cross our property, and, and there's some of the, what they call the gotaways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have had some interaction with a few, but for the most part, you know, they're they're coming across the river. They're landing on, on our property, and they're going on. And the biggest message that, you know, we're always trying to get to people when we do media or anything else is that, you know, these people don't want to stay here. You know, so it, they're not they're not hanging around causing trouble. I mean, they're they're getting in and getting out. Where where do you think that where where are they going? Do you think? Oh my goodness! Well, these are the ones that are not turning themselves in, such as the Haitians that we had under the bridge. You know, the Godaways are a completely different animal, and what they're doing is, you know, they're just looking to get further into the country. Gotcha, and uh, spread out into the communities and in the. In the interior, let me ask you this: about um, uh, since they land on your property, since they come in, uh, do you find um, them uh, trashing? I mean, we've seen pictures of of people discarding things as they as they are across the river, discarding trash, clothing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Is that uh, some of the things that you are seeing? Um, yeah, you know, George, I've been up and down the border in several different places, and I've seen, you know, the places where the people are turning themselves in, uh, such as Eagle Pass and here under the bridge and things like that. And, you know, what you see there is just volumes of trash. Most of it is wet clothes and any kind of identification that they may have on them. So they can't be legally identified other than what they 
they confess themselves to be. On our property, um, we see water bottles, um, clothes left behind, um, backpacks on occasion, um, things like that. Gotcha. We've, we've actually found um, pool floats. When, when the water was down in our lake, um, we actually found a pool float where somebody had floated across from Mexico. You're, really? My gosh. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Now, the folks, um, you say that they don't stop uh, or stay in your area. Uh, however, yeah. what is the impact that they have on your area other than trespassing through? You know, it's just, you know, we, we are all cautious, um, you know, because of the Godaways more so than anything else. The people that are turning themselves in, in large numbers, that's a financial drain and burden to every U.S. citizen uh, because of, you know, their arrangements to travel and things like that that have been going on. But the Godaways are a different story. The Godaways, you know, are coming through that we're having in the high-speed chases on our highways. And, you know, we're having instances, like I said, we're very fortunate, but I have friends that ranch to the east of us, and they've got fences torn down all the time, you know, damage to houses, um, damage to property of all kinds. Now, and it's, it's different. What about... What about um... Uh, fear of uh, assaults or carjackings or anything of the nature, break-ins. Um, have any of your friends or, or, or even you experienced or, or seen any problems like that? We have not experienced that on our property. And again, we're very fortunate. Um, however, I have friends and I know of a lot of people that ranch and uh, around the area in our county and the adjoining counties and I could tell story after story after story of break-ins and confrontations and you know the altercations I mean there, there's a lot there's a lot going on what about what about the uh, the politicians in your area uh, are they uh, responding reacting I mean this has been going on now for I mean it's accelerated obviously over the eight, past 18 months but, um, you know, this illegal immigration tsunami has been going on for at least uh, four or five years now. Um, what's, what's been the reaction by politicians? Well, to be honest, you know, the last two years have, have been really, you know, remarkable. Um, prior to that, we didn't have things of this magnitude. But our local politicians were a Democratic county. I was the former county judge as a Republican, which was unusual. <laughs> but... Um, our, our Democratic elected officials here, especially our county judge and our sheriff, you know, they they take the heat of things, obviously. And they have been very proactive and very vocal locally, but not so much, you know, in the media outside of the local community. Why is that, do you think? Um, I think it's party affiliation. I think, our, you know, our country is so divided based on, you know, party affiliation, which I find is very sad because sometimes you have to reach across the aisle to make things work. And, you know, I, I know I've had multiple conversations with Democratic elected officials that say, look, we don't agree with the administration, but the only thing that we can do at this point is deal with what we have to deal with and handle it the best way we know how to. And, and I see that on a regular basis. And, you know, unfortunately, I think that they feel like they don't want to alienate themselves from their Democratic supporters. Gotcha. So, so, so they're not as vocal as they should be. What? That's right. Yeah. So, so, bottom line, what do you think needs to happen? I mean, how do we get this genie back into the bottle? You know, I, that that's a the million dollar question that everybody's tried to answer. And I made an absurd statement the other day, and, I, and everybody just kind of looked at me like I lost my mind. But I said, you know, all of our Border Patrol agents have been pulled out of the field and are, you know, processing all the time. So if Eagle Pass is run over, they don't have room to hold people. They're sending them here to other stations to be processed. So it's a domino effect. And the statement that I made the other day is ludicrous, but it's the only reality that I can think of that might actually work. If we're going to let these people, if our this current administration wants to let these people out to travel freely in our country and continue to do what they're doing, then let them out and put the Border Patrol back on the line to hold the line. Mm -hmm. I mean, what else can we do? But without Border Patrol out there, without them actively holding the line, 
you know, the National Guard is there, but, you know, they're just there, and they're only at the high-traffic areas. You know, they're not out, you know, in the field like the Border Patrol would be. And so we have all these Border Patrol agents that are doing jobs that they were not hired to do. They weren't hired to sit around and babysit everybody. You know, they were hired to catch these people and see if they were prosecuted and, you know, do what needs to be done. And that's all they're doing is prosecute. I mean, is um, processing, which means they get the information, which who knows if it's accurate because, again, these people don't always keep their IDs. So they get the information, they enter it in the system, and then they turn them loose. Yeah. And that's it. We've had, uh, in fact, Mark Morgan is on our show today. Um, but uh, the the former um, uh, Customs and Border Enforcement, or Enforcement and Border, Border Enforcement, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's going to shoot me for messing it up. <laughs> commissioner. Uh, the former uh, Customs and Border Enforcement Commissioner. And... Um, <clears throat> You know, he's talked about, uh, I've asked him about the morale of uh, the Border Patrol agents, and uh, Brandon Judd has also been on, on our show in the past. Um, uh, how, how do you see the, more, the morale of Border Patrol agents right now under this crisis? Oh, with the Border Patrol agents that I know and that I have interactions with, I think the morale is terrible. And, and it's because, you know, number one, like I said, they were hired to do a job that they're not being allowed to do. Um, they took an oath to uphold our laws. They're not being allowed to do that. Um, you know, these Border Patrol agents are seeing atrocities all day long. You know, children that have been abused in one form or another, women that have been abused in one form or another, criminals, all this. But then not only that, there's several of them that are leaving their jobs and then going home, and then they're having to deal with it coming to their front door, and, and they're having confrontations and having to protect their families at home. And on top of that, you know, it just goes on and on. And then there's the vaccination. Get a vaccination or lose your job. You know, it just, they have been beat and beat and beat and beat. And the ACLU is no friend to the Border Patrol. That's obvious. Really, that's true. Um, any Anything else you'd like to add before we let you go? No, you know, George, I just want to say um, we had a conversation recently and we talked about myself and several others have, you know, we have done every bit of media that we possibly could. We put the word out there. We have invited elected officials, any elected officials that we could reach to come to the border. The only elected officials that have come to the border have been Republicans. We, we haven't hosted Democrats. We had one Democrat that was brought here by a Republican. Um but and and I've talked to several people, and and that's the problem, is if if this administration and some of the Democrats would take the time to come to the border and see for themselves and understand, there's so much to this to try to comprehend, and you just can't do it without seeing it for yourself. Yep, I agree. I agree. Thank you very much, uh, Laura, for taking time to be with us, folks. We've been speaking with. Mrs. Laura Allen, uh, a resident of Valverde County who lives right on the border. Thank you very much, Laura. Oh, thank you, George. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador in San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good... No, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, all right. Something For some reason, something happened here on the one, two, three, one, two, three. No, we got it. Okay, let me start over once again. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Mark Morgan, the former commissioner for Customs and Border Enforcement. And uh, I wanted to get him on because he and Tom Holman have written a scorching, a beautiful I consider it fantastic editorial regarding uh, the current uh, Secretary of Homeland Security, uh, Mayorkas. And uh, Mark, welcome to the show as usual. Tell us about this editorial and what motivated you for it. Yeah, look, I I, I think the facts speak for themselves, George. Look, we we know now, here are the facts. Let's, let's, Let's hopefully 
what we should be doing when it comes to border security is removing politics out of it. And, and, and you and I have talked for a very long time. We've known each other. and I think we both try to do that. So here's the facts. In the first 20, 21 months of this administration, there have been over 5 point million aliens that have tried to enter our border. Over 4 million illegal and inadmissible aliens have entered this country, and uh, well over 2 million of them have been released. You know, catch and release has been turned back on. We have over 1.1 million gotaways, those that have illegally broken our southwest border and evaded apprehension. We know that drugs are pouring in because 80-90% of our border resources are pulled off the line to deal with the invasion. Millions of illegal aliens coming across, hundreds of thousands every single 30 day, every every, every month. We know drugs are coming in, the leading cause of death of 18 to 45 is fentanyl. We know the majority of fentanyl comes from our wide open southwest border. We know among the 1.1 million Godaways are, are, are criminals, are, are murderers, rapists, pedophiles, aggravated felons, and gang members. And, of course, we know potential national security threats are pouring across our border every single day and are part of the 1.1 million known Godaways. Look, I, I could keep going on. So why, why are we focused on Secretary Mayorkas? Because he is this administration's chief architect of their open border policies. So far, he, he's, he's sent a message George, to the entire world that you can illegally enter our southwest border, break law, there will be no consequences, and you won't be held ac- accountable for that. He has intentionally created the worst crisis in our lifetime by getting rid of the network of tools and authorities we had to secure our border. He stopped building the wall, he stopped the Remain in Mexico policy, and he stopped the asylum cooperative agreements we have with all three northern triangle countries, and last but not least, he has gutted ICE's ability to do their job to protect this country by removing those that are in this country illegally. And I've just hit the top. Look, at the end of the day, this man, along with the Biden administration, has abdicated their constitutional responsibility to defend this country and protect us from threats coming outside our borders. And the last thing I'll say is not only is he chief architect of these open border policies, jeopardizing every aspect of our nation's public health, safety, national security, but he's aligned to the American people. That's why we wrote that article, and that's why on day one the Republican... Uh, it, it, you know, all we have to do here in San Antonio is go down the street uh, and look at the uh, Migrant Center. Recently, Mayorkas was here in town meeting with the mayor, with the Democrat uh, mayor of San Antonio, and um, they have literally, in the past two months, set up a conveyor belt of uh, for the illegal aliens to be distributed into the country. Um, there was no uh, notice uh, for the public. Nothing has been told to the public. All we know is that buses come in and buses go out, and people are at the uh, bus station, in the Greyhound station, or at the uh, airport. Uh, it, it's amazing how this, um, uh, how they are. It's not only catch and release. Now it's distribution. <laughs> yeah, yeah, George. I think that's right. And look, that, that's why there's so many levels of hypocrisy. First of all, think about this. So the secretary, the secretary of Homeland Security, will go and meet with a Democratic mayor, right? But he has yet to reach the olive branch out to Governor Abbott. That's right. Of the great state of Texas, which which really bears about I don't know sixty five seventy percent of the brunt of the catastrophic invasion and crisis that's happened on our southwest border. Yet he has not, as the secretary, that's his job. It's his responsibility to reach the Alba branch. It's his responsibility. He should be calling the governor every day, working together and saying, okay, let's work together to try to solve this crisis. But the opposite. Instead, he allows his, his, his you know, uh, uh, um, folks to, to go after you know, the, the, the governor for trying to do everything the governor can to protect his state from this invasion, from the drugs coming in, from the criminals coming in, from the national security threat coming in. He'll go after them and he'll allow the mainstream media to attack Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis for them busting a couple of thousand in the last, I don't know, six months. But as you said, this administration every day, all day long have been transporting illegal aliens from our southwest border to, to, to states throughout this entire nation, including Chicago, D.C., and New York, but yet the mainstream media or this administration won't talk about that. It's just hypocrisy, and it's, it's, it's beyond hypocrisy. This is dangerous. This is why I call Secretary Marcus the most dangerous man in this administration, because his policies, his ideology, his politics are absolutely, has tangible negative results to this country. Literally, Americans are dying every single day because of what he's doing in his policies. Yep. And as far as the danger goes, I mean, you, you've hit it on the nail. You've hit the nail on the head because 
the other aspect of it is that uh, he also, while he was meeting with the mayor, with the mayor of San Antonio, he was also meeting with uh, the sheriff, Javier Salazar, who claims to uh, be investigating uh, the governor of, uh, of uh, Florida, uh, while he doesn't do anything to investigate, you know, if there are any pedophiles or terrorists or murderers out at that um, uh, out at the migrant center, uh, yeah. the hypocrisy is amazing. It, it is, and so so again, look, look at who he, he he's uh, uh, going to talk to the sheriff. He, I, I don't I don't want to mention his name because he's of no moment to me, right? I mean, this guy he he is absolutely he, he's not a cop, so he's a politician. But yet, yet the secretary again, the secretary of homeland security, secretary Marcus, he hasn't gone to Arizona. He hasn't met with Sheriff Daniels, right? Who is Cochise County? Who who look? His county is getting hit by single adult men dressed in camouflage and black, fighting, scratching, doing everything they can to evade apprehension. And I guarantee. you, you, those aren't all good people doing that, right? I mean, we know there are very bad people among them. Or you've got Sheriff Lamb out there. Both of those gentlemen have been very critical about this administration's policy because they live it every single day. But the Secretary hasn't gone and had a, had a one-on-one conversation with either of those gentlemen. I mean, look, the hypocrisy is very, very clear. And look, let, let's talk about the, the criminals. Look, again, 1.1 million known gotaways, George. If you talk to Border Patrol agents, they'll say, that's just no. The number of known and unknown, it's probably over 2 million. Think about that. Wow. 2 million known and unknown gotaways. That's more than the entire population of several states in this country. Yep. And we know among them, think about, the look, just in the first 21 months of this administration, the Border Patrol has apprehended over 113 convicted murderers. That's how many they've apprehended. Think about how many are among the 1 to 2 million gotaways. Let me give you a stat. To back up illegal aliens committed 433,000 crimes, including 800 homicides, 800 kidnappings, and 5,000 sexual assaults. And you know what the kicker is? That's in the state of Texas only. So don't tell me that open borders don't have consequences. You're right. I mean, and and this is this and this man, Mayorkas, has raised his hand, uh, supposedly to uh, defend the Constitution of the United States, which, yep. in my opinion, means defending the people of the United States. And um, has miserably failed. So I, don't, I, I see no alternative but to impeach him, to remove him. That's exactly right. And, and I, I hope what goes along with that, as, as you know, the, uh, when, when we get the right people in Congress that actually understands the importance of border security, that border security is national security. And as you said, that this secretary, quite frankly, the president the entire administration has abdicated their constitutional responsibilities. Look, Article 1, Section 10, Article 4, Section 4 is very clear. The federal government has the responsibility to protect all states from threats outside its borders. Clearly, this administration has abdicated that responsibility. So again, number one, on day one, Secretary Mayorkas should be impeached. He should be held accountable. And American people for the first time in two years will absolutely be able to hear the truth and reality of why it's happening and the results of their open border policies. But two, I hope the states, again, because because they're still not doing what they need to do from the federal government, I hope states step up like Carrie Lake, who said on day one when she's elected as governor of Arizona, she's going to declare an invasion. I hope Governor Abbott does the same thing. That's going to give those states the ability to actually defend their borders and protect the citizens of both their states. They do that. They're also going to protect this entire country because this federal government refuses to do so. Amen. Oh, Mark, thank you very, very much for coming on, on the show and talking about this uh, great editorial for those of you folks that um, uh, listen to our program we're going to uh, be posting that editorial on our website so you can get a look look at it anything else you want to add mark no look i I think real quick george i know you've been talking about it but this this, in, in a few days here it matters people have to get out and vote if they look, I, I, and there's so many things going on in this country to talk about, but but we're talking about border security. Look, border security saves lives. It not only saves American lives, but also saves the lives of the migrants. One of the biggest lies out there is from the secretary is that he's developed a safe and orderly and humane illegal immigration process. First of all, that's an oxymoron. It doesn't exist. I'll give you another stat. In the first 20 months, CBP alone has uncovered 1,300 dead migrants at our border. Yeah, last time I checked, that's not safe, orderly, or humane so wow. do the right thing vote and make sure we get the right people in the capitol hill that understand support support security you got it buddy thank you very much we've been speaking with our good friend mr mark morgan the former uh, commissioner of border of uh, customs and border enforcement thank you very very much mark hang in there and we'll be in touch with with you to uh, talk some more you bet thanks george
Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, friends. Once again, thank you very, very much for joining us and supporting our program today. I hope that you will tell your friends about our show. I hope that you will um, take the link and share it with people. You can always go to our link and uh, at KLUP El Conservador, and uh, you can listen to the program at, uh, at your will, or you can even copy the link and share it with people. Uh, as well as you can go to my Facebook page, you can go to my social media page. Uh, I'd be happy even to email you a copy of the uh, of the link uh, of the show so you can listen to it at your leisure. But thank you very much for supporting us, my friends. Let me remind you once again that um, the contract on our program will end on December the 31st. And we are looking for advertisers, people who, uh, businesses that would be interested in advertising on our program uh, at this hour. Uh, we encourage you, please, to uh, contact the station and find out about uh, supporting our, our program, uh, advertising on our show, uh, if you have a business. We would appreciate it tremendously. Secondly, if you want to donate a uh, to our uh, donate as a um, tax deductible donation you can certainly do it by contacting or sending your donation to he's alive ministry at 6430 green apple in san antonio texas 78233 once again uh, tax deductible donations can be sent to he's alive ministries at 6430 Green Apple in San Antonio, Texas, 78233. My friends, once again, thank you very, very much to, for, being, for being with us today. I want to thank our, uh, our guests, uh, Miss, uh, Mr. Adam Blanchard, become a very, very good friend of mine. Uh, Brad Coe, the sheriff of, uh, of uh, Kenny County, also a very, very dear friend. Miss Laura Allen, I hope she's safe and her family are staying safe right there at the front lines of the border crisis. And my very, very good friend, Mark Morgan in Washington, D.C. Mark is, uh, Mark fights, is fighting and fighting uh, on our behalf for the safety of our nation, my friends, because we are in, uh, we are in a uh, bad situation. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Thank you for being with us. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.